I've got lots of dry powder that I'll be using. This is a very detailed uh, hatred of this film. It is not random. I have not taken against it suddenly. I have taken against it meticulously over its entire one hour and 36 minute runtime. It's an enjoyable high school romp, essentially, because it does feel like a high school movie rather yeah. than a university yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 totally. She's getting chased by a masked person. Just, there's the stabbing in the face. It's got kind of that scream element to it as yeah. well. It kind of felt a little bit like watching Scream, but not as Do good. You, yeah. well, you, <laughs> I knew it, this film existed, but I had written it off as a horror film, uh, non-aficionado. But super happy that you brought it here and I had, had a bit of fun with it. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. I'm joined by Steve... Hello, sorry, I was drinking coffee exactly the wrong moment. My ah, that's Steve why I picked on you. Hello. Greg. Hello. And Helen. Hello. And we're going to be talking about Happy Death Day. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello and welcome to this episode of FlixWatcher Podcast. In our studio today, we have Greg and Steve. If you would like to say hello and introduce yourself to our listeners, please. Hello, my name is Gregory Aikman, or Greg Aikman for short. Uh, I am the Dungeon Master of Chaotic Adequate, and I used to be the bullying victim of Masterpiece Bookshelf, and still am occasionally, and I am the whipping boy of uh, Dr. Stephen Cross. So explain what Dungeon Master is, and explain what Chaotic Adequate is as well. Uh, A Dungeon Master is essentially a person who takes on the role of God within a fictional sense, and Chaotic Adequate is a... When you say fictional sense, do you mean... Um, Warcraft, not Warcraft. No, no, not not Warcraft, right? Because totally War- different from yeah. Warcraft. World of Warcraft, although is wonderful yeah. for its own merits, <laughs> it's not. I, it is. It's, it's really not. really fun because I once spent a New Year's Eve in World of Warcraft, and they had fireworks over the main cities. It was one of the happiest moments Steve, of my life. Right? Steve is. Ru- is- Thank you. Thank you for describing the physical action I'm doing, which um, shows my despair in Gregory Aikerman. You chose a life with me. No. But um, Chaotic Adequate is essentially me... Ruling a creating and ruling a world, mm. right? For all of these people, uh, Steve, Amanda DeJoya, and uh, another one who's the other Angus Dunnigan, a- your Angus, friend, Angus, Angus Dunnigan, my friend, Angus Dunnigan, right? <laughs> and it's a live play D&D thing, yeah. Sorry, D&D, not World of Warcraft. Uh, that's why I was trying to, I couldn't get in my head what it was, so, yeah. It's way cooler. It's the same thing. <laughs> World of Warcraft total loses. Dungeons and Dragons is for people who have at least three friends in real life. How many people are now playing D and D more as a result of like Stranger Things, or at least coming out as a Stranger as D and D players uh, and fans? About twenty seven thousand. Right. Okay. We do know people are playing D and D more because of our podcast. Oh, really? Because yep. people who always found Dungeons and Dragons too difficult to get involved with, realise that, like Gregory, you don't actually have to know the rules properly to play it and you can just get on with it and play it. So we've inspired this whole generation of kind of half-cocked Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> players. And, um, yeah, that's our terrible legacy. I've never been more proud of yeah. anything, though. The idea that people are taking a game which is fictional where you make things up with your friends and doing it properly instead of following rules and ruining it for everyone. And what does Chaotic Category actually mean? 
Or the, the word. Yeah. <laughs> This. I've never what? seen Greg under intense interview before. It's absolutely beautiful. This is, this is kind of basic. You're, this is your chance to plug your show. This is why you're well, not good anymore. It, it just means, right, a group of people bickering and swearing whilst trying to play a game and occasionally, right, the word chaotic yeah. uh, means sort of random aggress- aggressive. It seems to mean aggressive whenever it's associated with anything you do, Steve. Well, Dungeons and Dragons has these ways of describing people's personalities, like a Myers-Briggs test yeah. for goblins and elves, where everybody sits on a spectrum between uh, chaotic and lawful. So lawful, you follow the rules. Like lawful good. Yeah, so yeah. you might be like, but then the second axis is good and evil. So you can be lawful evil, in which case you are like uh, the soldier of an oppressive regime following the rules and killing people. You can be chaotic evil, where you're just like a random person stabbing people in the street. So chaotic adequate is, is our take what on... what they mean? That is exactly what they mean, yeah. So, I, see, I knew this. I was, I was teeing you up there to no, like explain just, the, the title of your, of your podcast. Occasionally in the show they talk Good about job, Steve's their yeah. class and uh, their uh, so, alignment and I just never know. I just go, yep, that's lovely and interesting. Anyway, more It could be messily mediocre. It could be anything like that. And who are you, this, the one who knows more about your podcast? Yeah, well, I do. Hello, my name's Steve Cross. I'm a comedian and um, since the accident, I am the closest thing that Gregory Aikerman has to a living father on this planet. <laughs> well, fine. Well, so in, in our wonderful <laughs> podcast, I play uh, Chagrin Battle Founder, the heavy drinking, small hammer wielding. Um, he had sex once in about episode 34, uh, hero of the show. With a scientist. Yeah. So we're well. We're here talking about Happy Death Day, which is your choice, Greg. Yes. So can you tell us first of all why you chose it, and secondly, you got one minute or less for a synopsis? Okay, I chose it because I am a big fan of time loop, time loop movies generally, right? And this one. Do you in- think there should be more than? There's not that many. Well, sorry, we'll get, we'll get to oh, this later. Loads. We'll, we'll get to this in, but, later. But um, I'm a big fan of time loop movies uh, generally. And this one in particular, I think, is in- incredibly light-hearted, happy fun. And anyone who immediately has an aggressive reaction toward it... Hello. ...is no doubt just refusing to accept that some things are there for no reason other than to whimsically enjoy a film for no other reason than entertainment. But this specific day, Happy Death Day, follows our hero, Teresa, or Tree, as she is known in the thing. And she is a university student, dreadful person who gets murdered on her birthday. She relives this day over and over in order to discover who the murderer is. That is essentially it. I know I was given a minute to. Oh, you um, don't have do to use. The, we're not asking you to use the four minutes, one I minute mean, or less. To use some more of the minute, right? Uh, she realizes that being a better person is better, right? But she needs some sort of divine intervention to come Be, to that conclusion. Being killed multiple times. And also we find out her mother died three years previous. They shared a birthday and this is why she's a nightmare. That is essentially Happy Death Day. What are your thoughts, Helen? Um, So uh, I hadn't really heard of this film, but um, it's got all of the ingredients that um, would make it something very much of my interest. So it's kind of sort of a final destination meets Edge of Tomorrow slash Source Code slash Russian Doll. So Mm. um, I, I had quite a lot of fun in this. It's surprisingly not, as sort of gory or scary as I was probably expecting, but what it kind of lacks in that it makes up for being pretty ridiculous and there's just quite a lot of fun things going on. Yeah. 
I didn't think. Well, sorry, Steve, you you interjected as someone who's uh, no, it's, cleared the center. Well, it was just uh, Helen was right to mention a whole load of much better films that this film sits in the same genre as. And uh, I have to say, I I sat through the entire thing with a sense of uh, extreme indignation that Gregory had forced me to watch this, and um, thinking, I wish I was watching any of those at all. Uh, and uh, don't worry, listeners, I've got lots of dry powder that I'll be using. This is a very detailed uh, hatred of this film. It is not random. I have not taken against it suddenly. I have taken against it meticulously over its entire one hour and 36 minute runtime. Yeah, it's a reasonably length film. Yeah, that is massively in its favour. Yeah. All films are too long. Every but this film, film is still too long. You could take 20 minutes out of it. Yeah, you could. There's a whole it. there's a whole fake twist which convinces nobody. Take that whole twenty minutes out. Well, that's true because no, right. but I think you need you need that for most for most cinema watchers. Most film watchers need no, that kind of. However, right. it is one of the. Can most... we spoil the film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. right. So there's a twist in the middle where it's like, oh, maybe this guy did it, but they've already revealed who it is that done it when they put the birthday candle out of the window and threw it down to the petrol. That was a. This is telling you exactly who's done it. Ah, you see, that's for people who don't know that. In fact, when you said that, I was like that. Makes sense. I got it immediately. But, At the but, next 20 minutes, I was like, this is completely either a massive letdown or a fake out, and I'm bored either way. The first time you meet, um, right, a Tree ends up being murdered by a roommate, right, Laurie. Yeah. Um, well, the first time you see Laurie in the film, she looks clearly like, I am definitely the murderer, yeah. and it is going to be me. So, which is. Did you gather Helen that she was a murderer? Uh, not that early on. Okay. The, yeah, the cake gave it away. Can I ask a question about the first minute we see Tree and, in fact, all the other characters? In this university, was everybody kept back a lot? Because the whole way through, I was really confused about why all these 28 to 33-year-olds are at university together all at once. This well, is a standard trope for this kind of movie, though, isn't it? And also, or film. we've all been to university, I imagine. Like, I right? could legitimately like, fancy Tree, which makes her not age-appropriate to play somebody who's at college. But then she's not. At no point does it does it say what her age actually is, even though it is currently her yeah, this could be, this in could, the whole film. This could be a postgraduate university. Exactly. Everyone's doing the masters. Everyone's doing the PhDs. And the the nice boy in it, Carter, who Carter. Th- it takes forty minutes for us to go. Oh, thank God he didn't have sex with the woman when she was really really drunk. Forty minutes it takes before even they that bit though. That. that bit it caused me to rage because I wrote down the following thing. The standards at this college are so low that just not raping somebody makes you the nicest person in the whole film. Like the but standards of behaviour are person. no, no. But the standard, but that's the big reveal. Oh, he is nice. He didn't rape her. No, but that's not the reveal. The reveal there. No, but is this just the reveal like, about him, no, which but, makes him the nice guy, which makes it appeal no, but, to people like you. No, but it's no, <laughs> who but what are people like you? Des- well, I'm, I just no, mean like. Geeky men who are desperate to get cheerleaders into their room. No, but I don't own a room. But um, right, <laughs> that it's, is that is true. Listeners. It's not saying that. All it's saying is like, oh, by the way, this thing which you've been like uh, in the forefront of your mind throughout the whole film, you've been going like, uh, but are we supposed to be rooting for this guy? Because it looks pretty much like he took advantage of a very, very drunk woman. That it goes out of its way to say you were really wasted over and over and over again. Right, it just says like, oh, that's not a problem. It's fine. It's not saying because of this. No, but it's that moment she starts to trust him, and he becomes the person who goes essentially scream style. I've watched Groundhog Day. What you need to do is be a better person and find out who killed you. She trusts him because he didn't do a rape, and that is a low bar for trust. Also, she gave he gave her the bracelet back. Yeah, 
He didn't the scrap steal value of that well. bracelet was really low. <laughs> yeah, it it was, looked like rose gold, which is like nine carat. It was almost certainly emotional. I imagine it had her mum's name on it. Yeah. yeah. What was her mum's name? What? <laughs> rose. Rosalind Gold. <laughs> <laughs> but this is Helen. This is your. This is your wheelhouse. Yes, horror. Yes. Oh, I thought your wheelhouse this... was film set in frat houses. But no, horror. No, is, this horror? is this it's in, not horror? It's not horror. It's got knives, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. It's I was got killing, it's got masks. It to be a, a bit gorier. And I was expecting it to be a little bit more inventive in the ways that she dies. I mean, the most inventive is probably being blown up I mean, or that's, killed by a bong. By a bong? That was yeah. quite good. Yes, yeah, so yeah. the, the shards of, the, of a bong get stabbed into her. But yeah, do you it need could have been every- a bit more creative. I mean, if it's if you're going to die multiple times, then it, it does, you know, at least make it a little bit different yeah. each time. No, no, be- because in right standard time loop thing is you have your normal day, then you freak out but dismiss that it's being repeated. Then you freak out properly. Then you have this overwhelming power and joy and go like, I can do anything and all of that stuff. Like walk in, around naked. Yeah, and then you have depression and then you res- resolve it. Right, so. To add to a more uh, more seething depression for her of it happening over and over and over again, the idea that every death is mundane and frequently the ways of murder is repeated. Don't hit the table, Greg. <laughs> the um, I'll police him. Don't worry. But it's I've been doing this sort of thing for years. <laughs> but um, just turning up to podcasts and like just adding noises, punching falling. microphones yeah. left, right, and centre. But uh, the idea that the deaths themselves and the murders themselves are also mundane and repetitive is another way to sort of cement this idea of just despair within Tree. I don't think they're necessarily mundane. I mean, getting stabbed in the face with a bong and getting blown up is not... You have to remember Greg's from the West Midlands. Okay. So that's just not part of the... Hey, I'm from Manchester. Um, But the... I quite like this film. Um, I wasn't expecting to. I'd had heard about it mm. and I knew that it was a Jason, it was a Blumhouse production. So I kind of knew what kind of wheelhouse it was in. Yeah. And this is, on one end they've got Get Out and the other end they've got um, like The Purge. Purge and, and Sinister. Uh, and Yeah, and things like that. So he, the this kind of company has this kind of nice niche of making this kind of budget horror film, quote unquote horror. Uh, I wasn't scared at any point. No. Not many people are. But, but this is the thing, it's, is not, like, it's not scary at any point. No. You don't laugh at any point. What's the point of the film? It's still enjoyable. Mm. Like it's it's an enjoyable high school romp essentially because it does feel like a high school movie rather yeah. than a university yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 totally. Like, but it's like there's five jump scares, which are the laziest of all the horror tropes that go on in movies, particularly with Bloomhouse. Right, Bloomhouse is great mm. as a production company, and it comes up with some really innovative films, a, a lot of shit, but also a lot of really really good exciting movies. Mm. But they do very much rely on uh, jump scares more than anything else, which is a little bit upsetting. But it doesn't—it doesn't—it doesn't matter if um, it doesn't immediately become horrifically um, horror. It can still fall into the horror because the because the. Uh, She's the getting context. chased by a masked person. Just, there's, there's stabbing just in the face. Kind of that scream element to it as yeah. well. It kind of felt a little bit like. Watching Scream, but not as good. Do you, yeah. you, <laughs> it's you, it's like it's like a poor Scream combined with a poor Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. So yeah, I just thought they should have picked. If you're going to play it for laughs, play it for laughs, and we'll really enjoy it. And you can have uh, things. Like, I'm not allowed to spoil a Russian Doll. The ways that things happen in Russian Doll, you could have, for well, instance. Russian Doll is just like 
phenomenal and above most time. I can't talk about it without reviewing it, but I do disagree with you fundamentally. (laughs) I I think it's really good for about three episodes and then they write themselves into a corner and after that it is just tedious self-help. Nonsense. I, I really enjoy no, tedious self-help. I think the, also I hate magic realism, so the whole last episode just made me vomit <laughs> uncontrollably. Well, Russian Doll, I think it's good. I think it takes a nice turn, but I think it could have been two episodes shorter yeah. than the, than it was ultimately. But let's go back to Happy Death Day. Yeah, Happy mm. Death But I mean, obviously, I mean, this is something I, I, I called upon at the start before we started talking. Yeah, was the can you call it a genre of of time loop films? Because time loop films, I think we've already identified. And this is distinct from time travel films. Mm. Yes. Yes. But but what I'm saying is that is there a specific genre? Is it just something that happens within the confines of a film? I mean, there's enough of them to um, uh, fall into a group, right? Like I could say, yeah, I could say group. I could say, but genre. Yeah, because some of them are comedies and some of them are like sci-fi whole, action some, movies. Some action, yeah. I think it's it's a trope you can import into different genres. Yeah, but they all they all encourage a certain emotional response from the listener, which is the same. Like they the claustrophobia, which goes along with time loop. Because like just on because I know you love Netflix and all these films are on Netflix and that. Just on Netflix at the moment, you have got Happy Death Day arc, Before I Fall, Russian Doll, Nate. Kid, which is the worst film ever made. The Endless, The Innocent, Groundhog Day, Game Over, and uh, Day We First Met, right? Oh, right. Those are I all... didn't know that, Is there that a many. keyword, time loop, that you just clicked? Hashtag time loop. Yes, there is. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. We okay. should point out that we've already reviewed Ark and we don't recommend it. That was in episode 10, and you were wrong to not recommend it. Because it's, <laughs> because all it needed, all Ark needed, I won't go on for too long. Because she's in the future. No, just... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, shoes would have been handy. But the idea of a time loop where more than one person is aware of what's going yeah. on, that is exciting enough to carry the rest of the film. That's what I really liked about it. Just, it I, was, I was kind of thinking, oh, do other people know what the time loop is? Mm. And the thing that slightly annoyed me about Carter was that he kind of believed her too soon. Yeah. It's like, oh, right, okay, that's fine. Well, so this but, is what you need to do. But now I want to imagine a film where everybody knows that time is looping, but everybody else just plays along with it to upset trees well, so like, as much as like possible. Like Truman Show, Happy Death Day. Yeah, so Carter gets up every day and he's like, clonk. <laughs> I thought you might want to sleep in. Wink, camera. <laughs> which, which has never happened. Why is she special? Loads movie. of people died that day. Are they all stuck in time loops? Loads of people die on their birthdays. Now, well, you, in the sequel, you find out exactly why the time loop's going a, on. A yeah, bit thing about yeah. this. Oh, no, that's, oh, I know, but I'm just saying there's a specific reason. It's not just divine intervention it's not or something. Specific, it's a retcon if it's in the sequel. So, yeah. No, it's a specific reason they'd always planned for. <laughs> yeah, that was gonna, I was going to say until you just mm. took it away. One thing about Ark is that it tries to explain the time loop and then it becomes like, oh, why are you doing this? So, but I want a time loop to have rules. So I think one of the things that I felt was really different about this and something like uh, Edge of Tomorrow, that's the shooty, shooty, bang, bang one, isn't it? Yeah, Emily yeah. Blunt, Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that had rules about how the loop worked and when the loop worked. This seemed to have no particular rules. She could randomly do whatever. Well, there's the same rules as Groundhog Day. She dies and resets. But there's a thing where she's always killed, but then she just kills herself and that resets it as well. That yeah. seems, that seems yeah, but, like I mean, cheating. But Didn't it was... Bill Murray jumped him, took himself off a cliff with the groundhog. Oh, I haven't seen it. What? For ages. <laughs> why, why would I go back and watch Groundhog Day as an adult? Because it's divine. Like, what's the twist? It's really creepy, though. Groundhog Day. Day. The moral Bill of Murray Groundhog Day is you should get rid of your whole personality in order to get laid. It's a 
very bad film from a moral point of view. Multiple very, times. very, very creepy. Yeah. Like, in terms of, like, if you want a time loop movie, which is... multi-level stalking. ...exciting and doing something uh, different, then The end, the Endless is brilliant, because that's uh, UFO Death Cult, right? Straight Don't away. Don't spoil it. No, but that that is the premise. That okay. is not a spoiler. And there's all kinds of really exciting, interesting things, and anything further is a spoiler. But The Endless, uh, that is a brilliant okay. one. Um, and, like, the the incident is another time loop movie, which is really exciting and doing something new. That it, I would argue it is a genre, because with all, all these things, even though there are many time loop movies doing new things and exciting and different things, they all create the same emotional response of claustrophobia mm-hmm. and a sort of, like, yearning for the person to be all right. Do you think I was I was watching this and thinking actually time loop films and knowing how Bloomhouse work, mm. it must actually be quite a cheap film to make because you kind of just reset the reset the scene once you've done this you've played the scene out five times, reset and I was like okay day two you're wearing the same clothes you go yeah. through the same process again. I was thinking that must be actually quite a quick thing to make. You just got to get cheap on set, just production yeah. schedules the same for the most part. You just half the yeah. film is the same thing again. You're fucked if you rewrite halfway through because something's not working. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> Can you rehire that goth extra? We need to redo the. And it's also quite interesting when you see watch a time loop film. You think, okay, how's that going to play out? So with the lady with the climate change and the, and the all these specific things you're supposed mm. to see every single time. You're like, okay, she's at the end when she thinks she's resolved. Yeah. She's definitely going to sign the uh, climate change climate change release form because she's a good person and good person signed petitions so nothing else was her was her sam beckett quantum leap job to become a good person or find out who killed her what was it that solved the loop it was uh what solved to survive was finding out who killed her right um which meant to survive yeah do you think but if she had just like stayed if she just got so she can go back to being a normal person the next day no, but if she, she can I want dump to know, that loser Carter, if she had, it's not a loser, if he she had, didn't rape her. If she had survived, but her, but oh, if she knew that her her roommate had killed her, mm. but survived, do you think she would have the time it would have reset? I think she needed to kill her roommate. I needed, I think, right? She needed to work out who killed her to survive and to have vile retribution for it. Okay, so and it's a three-stage... But this is yeah. what I mean about the rules aren't clear. Unlike some of the <laughs> other films that we've talked about that have time loops in, the rules on this one slew all over the place. They didn't slew all over the place. They remained static, but we just weren't privy to them. In the same way that Tree wasn't privy to them, we were feeling the world through her eyes, therefore... <laughs> <laughs> have you been on a course or something? I spoke to a grown-up. Okay. Before we go to the scores, um, a couple of things. The the baby mask. Mm. Yes. How creepy is that for you in terms of a scale oh, of creepy? Yeah, it's pretty creepy, isn't it? I mean, uh, yeah. It's the, the American football team, baseball team. I don't know who you're talking about. Sports American team. Sport, yeah. Sports. Sports. Yeah. That's what the mask from. Sports. I like the way I that don't, they don't specify the sport so that no Americans <laughs> go, I'm not watching this. It's a basketball film. This is a, I hate football. I'm not watching the football. They're like, yeah, the sports team. Before the big homecoming sports. <laughs> it does seem a weird mascot to choose, though, because there are loads of weird mascots, but they're all like vegetable or animal Animals, based. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just giant baby. Giant baby. There is Artie the Artichoke as... Um, <laughs> 
and and Rocky the Rocket, which is a lettuce. When did when when? Um, oh, they are just real mascots. Oh, okay, sure. American sport teams. <laughs> there's I'd no babies in real. There's no babies in real life. Yeah, so they just chose a mask that they wanted to be creepy and then retconned it into the yeah into the so. into the film. I don't think there was that. Well, much this like they were it. like, well, Scream sold a lot of that merch. <laughs> we need to get ourselves some <laughs> of that some Halloween merch. Like, did they make the money at Halloween? Like whoever it is that makes Joker suits, who cleaned up this year. Well, Bloom suit, uh, Bloom suit, uh, Blue Bloom Mouse uh, put out a one of the versions of Halloween, didn't it? Oh, yeah, so they know. So they know what yeah. to do. They with know masks. how to make that mask money. That's probably yeah part of their one of their line items. Get the merch, make it simple. Sexy Halloween. Put on Here eBay. Put on Etsy. Yep. Um, <laughs> sexy, sexy death baby, baby out. <laughs> I was, was going to go so right. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I didn't like this. This whole kind of side story about her creepy lecture thing. That was just a bit weird as the well. The doctor. Yeah. Oh, called Greg. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I've written in my notes. Greg, would you have shagged her? <laughs> I would never be a lecturer. Right. Okay. As an actual doctor who has done some lecturing, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would have shagged her. Yeah. She carries. She's the like film. thirty-two. Um, it's absolutely it's not. <laughs> Jessica Ruff was it? Yes, um, that's her. Have she, we seen her before or since? Well, she's in La La Land, but I have no idea who she is in La La Land. Just another day. She was probably just in the ensemble yeah. at the start. Um, the person who played Laurie is Matthew Modine's daughter. Who's Laurie? The the killer. Matthew oh, okay. Matthew he Mo- was in Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, no, that's right. The actor, uh, and also shortcuts. Um, first season of Stranger Things. At, at which one in the first season? He was like the bad guy. He was the bad guy in the lab that kind of did all the tests on L. Yes. Got yeah. Yep. And also um, the guy who was in To All the Boys I've Loved Before is Carter. He what plays could Josh. be? Which guy in To All the Boys I Loved Before? Josh. What's Josh? Who's Josh? I can't remember, but I can remember. Is he the main guy? No, he's the one. When you say the guy, if he's not the main guy, guy. (laughs) isn't he the one near the start with running, maybe? I don't know. It's been a while. But yeah, he's in that as well. Yeah. You may have seen them there before. So these are... I love how well-researched this podcast is. It's the depth. Like, you've looked it up on IMDb, but only got as far as, yeah, he was in it. Like, what was he in it? I'm not reading that far. Life is too short, as the mugs in this recording studio say. Are all fictional characters called Greg arseholes? Um, I don't know. Cousin Greg in... Um, in... Succession? He's not an arsehole. He's at least arsehole of them all. Yes. Greg- Gregory House? Yes, house, played by Hugh Laurie. Yeah, the double irony, of course, Gregory doesn't have a house. Uh, Gregory from off of Gregory's Girl. He was a nice, but he's quite creepy. He, he, oh, yeah, yeah, he through windows. Okay, but that was okay in the 80s. Yeah, it was fine, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, should can we... I, can I tell you a couple of get things scores, you, that really annoyed me? Sure. Uh, one is... I like the way you've, you're reading this as if you're in a poetry reading. Oh, we're coming to the... <laughs> no. Um... There's two things that really annoyed me. Number one is her ringtone is It's My Birthday. Which is, yeah. But she got super smashed last night. She didn't have time to be like, oh, do you know what? I'll set my ringtone to no, be. No, because Laurie sets it. Oh, Laurie sets it, okay. So her Does friend she? her friend yeah. has her phone password. Yeah, it's way easier. It's way yeah. easier to kill her than killing her then. Yeah. Just a couple of couple of discreet Instagram posts could effectively finish Sorry, her. explain that. Why does she change her password? She doesn't change her password, sorry, but sorry, she sets the ringtone. So in the first instance of the cake, mm. she says something about, oh, how did you find out about it? And she's about the driving license and she's like, oh, and I bet you 
changed or didn't, she does mention them about changing the ringtone. Oh, okay. And I bet it was you who changed the ringtone or something. Okay. So that means. Or, or one of them. Because I was brings, thinking if it was like some special. Brings me to my second point, the lampshading in this film. At the end where he says, it's a bit like Groundhog Day. I just mm. threw my book at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just think if you're going to lampshade, either do it more funnily than that or just don't. Like make it clever or funny. Don't just be the thing the viewers were thinking. I've never heard the term lampshading before. Lampshading is where you do a really, you've done a really obvious trope or there's a massive hole in the story. Yeah. Rather than pretend it's not there, you put a lampshade over it in the hope that people will notice the lampshade and be like, oh, what a clever, fun lampshade. Um, so I wish he'd read Greg's entire list of other time loop films. That would have been lampshading it well. It's a bit like Source Code and Final Destination. The other thing was... Bill uh, Murray? No? Ha- having, recently, having recently done up a house, light fixtures are not strong enough for you to swing on and kick somebody out through a window. There is no light fixture on the planet strong enough to do that. Sounds like you tried. Maybe she was really, really light. I mean, they they claim they don't eat food in this. So there's that whole um, sorority girl thing where they're like, uh, what is this? Cat, crazy cat food lady? The other food? thing I forgot Badger to mention food? is that in real life, I am currently under a death threat from a sorority. Oh, really? <laughs> How did that even transpire? And- many, many, many years ago, uh, I went out with an American who was in London for a year as part of her university degree. I was much younger than I am now. And um, it, she, I got a letter from her, her, her sorority uh, saying how they'd heard about me and apparently I was really nice. But um, if I ever broke her heart, they would uh, come to London and kill me. D- did you break her heart? I mean, obviously I did, yeah. <laughs> So I, I, there is an, there is an open death threat. <laughs> so I have to double check which sororities are on American campuses before I go and do any work in America. That Amazing. sort of camp by gamma. I'm, I'm not going to say which one it is. Say it. They have a reputation for being nice. I might be the only person who has a death threat from this particular sorority. <laughs> on that bombshell again, let's head to the scores. Hello, I'm Sam Pei. And I'm Martin Zotzorstwick. And together we host a show called Song, song by song, song, where we deal with the music of Tom Waits. We've been going since uh, 2015. Every week we talk about a new track. Uh, we've made our way through 15 seasons so far of his music. And now we're going back to the early years. And if you haven't listened to Tom Waits before, it's not the growly stuff. It's not the stuff where he's hitting an automobile with a bone for percussion. <laughs> it's a nice, easy way into his music. If that sounds like something you would be interested in, you should check out our website, songbysongpodcast.com, or put Song by Song into your podcatcher of choice. Welcome to the uh, Flix Watcher scores. Uh, all the scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And we'll start with you, Greg, with the recommendability, please. Four. Four. Straight out of the gate. Any reason why? Because I would recommend it to most people, but I would assume that there would be some people like Steve who would... Take uh, against it. Don't, who would not enjoy it, yeah. But I think I would certainly recommend it. It's really accessible. It's really easy to watch. It's an hour and a half, mm-hmm. so it's not going to kill anyone's time. If you have a terrible, terrible time watching the movie, then you've wasted an hour and a half. It's not like it's a shitty three-hour job or something. Steve? 
Uh, I'm going to give it two and a half, and specifically for the reason that I, I think this is an ideal double screening film. If you're filling in your tax return or something like that, and sure. you want a film to have on in the background, because mm-hmm. you only have to watch the first 14 minutes till the first death, and then really focus for the last four to six minutes to see the final loop, mm-hmm. you can kind of not concentrate all the way through. So if, if there's you on your own, or you and someone else, and you're yeah. both sending emails and catching up on stuff, that is its ideal situation. If you want to focus on it, don't, because you will both end up throwing things at the screen and saying why did you force me to watch this Helen yeah I'm gonna go with Greg uh, for it's it's a fun film if you like time loop films uh, occasional horror scream and you don't mind that it's doing all of those kind of things in, in its own way yeah. what did you did you guys find scream actually scary um, not scary. Not, it yes. was enjoyable. Scary. Very yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, it was very clever. Because yeah. I, I think Scream's not scary in the same way. This isn't scary. You know, you kind of there's a bit of chasing. There's a bit of uh, threats, but you're not mm. like. I don't know if I could watch Scream now, but I remember watching it when it came out, and this the idea of a horror film that was aware of its own tropes and broke mm. the fourth wall and mm. was funny. That was amazing mm. at the time. But now every film does that all every, the time. Every film's aware of itself. Yeah. Would it be like watching New Nightmare now, wouldn't it? Which was wonderful. Where's his nightmare? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was wonderful, and that was one of the first like hugely commercially successful meta horrors, wasn't it? I don't know. It was. Uh, I'm going to go for four as well. I didn't. I knew it, this film existed, but I had written it off as a horror film, uh, non-aficionado. But super happy that you brought it here, and I had had a bit of fun with it. Good. Um, repeat viewing score, Greg. Probably. Um, Three, right? Because whilst I... <laughs> Steadying yourself to explain, yeah. Well, it's just for the purpose of uh, this recording, I watched it three times within a couple of days, right? Why? Because I watched it once to remind myself of the film. I watched it another time to do a timeline. I watched it a third time just to see whether there are any additional notes to make of it. You told us to make notes. In yeah. Greg's defence, you said people do better on this podcast <laughs> when they turn up with notes. And I make a lot of notes. I'm sorry, I'm, I feel we need to utilise your notes. Have you, have I you didn't even your like timeline? it, and I've got four pages have you got, of notes. What's your timeline? Uh, 15 minutes, first loop, uh, bored mascot seller steals the show when he goes, £10, 10% discount for students. <laughs> yes, He's I love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we have to assume... Carter immediately believed her, which is noteworthy at 15 minutes. 40 minutes, thank God Carter didn't fuck the blackout drunk girl. 47 minutes, each death damages her. Each death damages her, and they don't go into that in nearly enough detail. That's a wonderfully what? exciting thing. It does what? Also, each, I'd like, I want to do death. the medical thing is yeah. where he says, technically, you should be dead. Like, if there's enough of you broken that technically you should be dead, you are you dead. dead. There's yeah. just blood flowing yeah. into body cavities and shattered bones. And they do... What was that phrase you used? I didn't understand that. You screamed it. Uh, no, no, each death damages her oh yeah yeah, okay yeah and that's a really really exciting thing for a time loop but they they mention it twice once when it's initially said and a bit later on when she goes i don't know how many times i got left maybe i'm like that but then but the next two times she regenerated she was absolutely fine yeah she didn't and they should have gone into into the main sign of her getting weaker was that the makeup that she woke up in was done worse each time no no the main sign was she woke up like going because she would wake up with immaculate makeup at the start and by like loop seven, her eyeliner is running slightly. And that's how you know that a young woman is in trouble. Exactly. And if Physically that, and should be dead. 
awful <laughs> comic book writer who was one of the writers of this film um, is listening to this and there's no reason why he wouldn't be write it again but yeah. go into that in more depth happy uh, death day three this time it's got proper rules 120 no police questioning seemed odd 122 heavy uh the most heavily signposted twist laurie done it uh 125 what happened at 122 then uh 122 is when we find out laurie's the real killer right and that was re- her, her uh, flatmate her yeah, yeah. roommate and that was the most heavily signposted twist that there's been in all of films. Yeah, less foreshadowing, more force smacking around the head with a stick. I think very early on at about like uh, eight minutes, there's a uh, the Carter's roommate saying, hey, did you get that fine vagina? Which is grating each time that mm, he yeah. says it. And it feels like a placeholder they forgot to come back to. Like, he's going to say something crude like this. We'll write something better yeah. later on. Greg, um, isn't the line actually fine vagina? Yeah. Uh, no, fine vagina. It's, no, it's fine vagina. Oh, because... Yeah. Oh, well, I was getting angry because it didn't rhyme, but (laughs) (laughs) fair enough. Uh, uh, One twenty-five. you're killing me over some stupid guy. It was nice that they uh, point out, like, it doesn't matter what the reason is. It's asinine at best. Uh, One twenty-nine. fucking cruel joke and not appropriate when Carter pretends that she's still in the loop and she's not. That was funny. I thought that was quite good. I would have left. That was the moment where it was revealed they'd all been looping the whole time (laughs) and they'd just been playing along. There you go, that was the time loop. Now, imagine you're Carter. Someone says, hey, I'm, in the, I'm caught in this time loop and um, I need some help. And he just wantonly just a- a- agreed with mm-hmm. it and helped her out. And It's because he's a nice guy. But she's very pretty and yeah, he wants th- to kiss her. Greg, Greg makes the very real position. She should still be in a cell at this point. Like, she might have had her reasons, but she did kick somebody to death through a window. She's certainly... There is no way she is out of police questioning at this point. And uh, she'd be under psychiatric care. Mm. She could be... She's definitely not... Released. Released into someone else's room. (laughs) A man she only met the day before. She's like, no, it's all right. We don't know how much Carter owns or is worth. So he might... Or he's connected to. He's sleeping in a dorm room. So the American colleges, if you're a rich kid, you're in a frat house... You're, you're not necessarily unless you want to, but you might just have loads of money. And think I don't want to be with the frat people because I know when I get back to Connecticut, yeah. I'm going to be connected. So I'm just going to stay and slum it with the people, learn the real people. Daddy's going to pay me out, and I'm just going to ring Daddy up, and he's he's the governor of that, the state of Texas. It did throw me right at the beginning of the film, by the way, because you know that she looks very old when she woke up and went, <laughs> "Am I in a dorm room?" I thought it was a like Sex and the City thing, and she was going to go off to her PR job. Yeah, and she pulled a student. I didn't realise it was meant to be. Oh, I normally sleep in a slightly fancier dorm room. Yeah, Steve, repeat viewing score. Well, the problem is with a film like this. Um, it's all about the twists and the change. And I you're, you're saying there's no twists? Well, no, it's just once you've watched it, like from the beginning, you know who done it. So you might watch it a second time just to pick up on the stuff you didn't notice. Oh, that's really clever. There was a bleeding knife in her hand the whole time, something like that. So you might repeat watch it once um, or you repeat watch it next to somebody, uh, just giving away just enough to ruin it for them without them acknowledging that you have flat out ruined it. You're one so of those people. I think it's going to be a two and a half for me. Okay, that's a lot higher than yeah, it's going to be, Alan. Um, so, yeah, there are some truly like unwatchable films out there. I want to make sure that I've got the whole scale available for some of... Sure. Know, it was bad, but at least it was coherent and you could hear the lines and it was acted well by one of at them. least at least some of them were attractive you know it was there was something to look at exactly. 2.5 um yeah i i had fun watching it i think if someone said oh do you want to watch it 
um, I've not seen it, I'd be like, yeah, sure, um, let's watch it. Probably not going to rush and watch it, but I am intrigued by the sequel. But you do your tax form while you were watching it the second time. Yeah, if it's January and my self-assessment tax was about to come in, uh, I'd say, yeah, I'll, I'll sit down and watch it with you as long as you don't need me to pay attention to the film and you can ask me questions and I'll win answer because I don't like giving away plot lines. You'd have to check where, where you're up to in the loops, where you're, where somebody says to you, oh, um, is he the one who you can't go, yeah, he's the one who, who busted out and uh, tried to kill her. And the person you're talking to is like, we're only 27 minutes into this film. We haven't, <laughs> we haven't got to that loop yet. So I'm going to go for two. Oh, wouldn't wa- I'll watch it again, maybe. Um, wouldn't begrudge me to watch it. But I'd watch Happy Death Day 2. Um, and if it, you know, the third one came out five years down the line, I might w- re-watch this just to remind myself about what happened in it. Or at least watch the first 14 minutes, because that's what Steve says is the most important. This guy that escaped, though, that was, uh, that was nonsensical. And also with films like this, it shouldn't really matter about the running time. But when something con- concludes with like 20 minutes still to go, you're like, well, that's not the end, is it? That, that for me is like... But yeah. also, it was a, if it had been him, it would have been a massive cop-out because they'd flashed yeah. his name up a couple of times, but you would have felt this terrible lack of resolution, which is how, part of the reason you know it's definitely not him. But I just think that whole 20 minutes could have just come out. The fact that she was using him as a distraction, because we never saw the next day, we never saw the police investigation, mm. we never saw them conclude that it was this man and she'd got away with it. So we didn't give a damn that he was, he, she yeah, was using that. him as a distraction. Although it would be wonderful to see his story of the of the next day, l- watching exclusively the police interaction. Do you want Happy Death Day three to be a midquel of yes. Happy Death Day one? Yeah, Timon wanted, and Pumba talk to. <coughs> I want it to have no, uh, absolutely no time loops in it whatsoever from arresting uh, Joseph or John Toombs, depending on which of the uh, news articles you watch. Does it change? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, just, I just kept thinking Eugene You told Victor. us to Eugene take Toombs, notes. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking Eugene Victor Tombs. That's what I was... Any time you hear Tombs. Guy name. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, from his arrest to his, uh, his him going into the hospital, doing all of the stuff, to him dying, and then the police going back to the office and writing down their notes, putting together all of the paperwork and working out what was going on there. I want that to be uh, the number three. So do you think the reason that Tree doesn't spend ages in prison is that the cops have put it all together and they're pulling up outside already as she kicks Laurie out of the window and they see Laurie land and the cops are like, I told you it was her. She'd done it the whole time. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Small screen score. Fine. Five. Doesn't matter. Like, I, I saw it. Uh, so you see, how many times have you seen this now? I've seen, oh, in my life, five yeah, times. Five. Um, I didn't see it at the cinema, though. So I've seen it on telly and I've seen it on my phone, and it really doesn't matter. Like, it's, <laughs> it's fine. It's not a massive, like, epic thing. Yeah. Like, I would understand someone getting angry about not seeing... Lord of the Rings or something on the you cinema. Don't, you don't need to watch Lord of the Rings anyway. Don't watch no, Lord of the Rings at no, the cinema because no. you can't pause it to go and make yourself lunch you know, or oh, have right, um, six cocktails. You can't just pause it to go and sleep and never never press play again. I had a date once where we watched all of all of Lord of the Rings. It was like an all day and well into the night date with meals and other interruptions in the whole thing. Amazing. And but did we, you stay we, together with them? Yeah, we, but we didn't watch the director's cut because she said... 13 and a half hours, that would be madness. So we only watched 11 and a half hours. <laughs> all right, it's not, like, it's not like Titanic, where you have to go to the cinema to watch it at least once because it's all big and massive. So watching it on your phone or watching it on screen, doesn't matter, five, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's basically an episode of Degrassi Junior High with a stabbing. Oh, it's designed for a small screen. So what are you going for, Steve? Well, I think small screen, like, it doesn't hurt it at all. I, I, 
like I'd give it a five to be watched on a telly because there's one explosion, which is just one car and looks really good on a small screen. Mm-hmm. Helen? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll also go for a five. Um, it's kind of a fun thing to watch at home. Um, but I, because it hasn't got kind of the jumps and shocks that I would have expected from a horror, mm. I don't think it would have added anything watching it in an audience. I'm going to go for five as well. I think if I had watched this in a cinema, I'd be annoyed. Uh, yeah, that, that it's not got that. some amazing atmospheric score. Yeah, and, and you know what the rest of the audience would be like. Yeah, every tons of fourteen-year-olds just screaming, and shouting, just knobheads. Oh, They'd be like shazamming that tune. Hey, it's your birthday, so they can play it later during the film. I hate everyone who's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Engagement score and Steve. Sorry, Gregory. Mm-hmm. Um, I was perfectly engaged each and every time I watched it. I'd go with a five just because I didn't want to pause it to get a cup of tea or to go to the toilet. I was physically uncomfortable for the last half hour because I really, really needed a wee. But I couldn't uh, turn away from it because I was really, really enjoying myself. Steve? Uh, I'm going to be horrible here and give it a one. Uh, I only concentrated because I was taking notes for this. Otherwise, I would have just drifted in and out. And uh, part of the problem was... There's only one character who does anything in it. Everybody else only has like four lines and they're one dimensional. So you don't get sucked in and you're like, oh, these people live their lives. I wonder what they're like with the, like that person's just there to go, you shouldn't drink that milkshake and does it over and over again. No, I found it really unengaging. I'm really sorry. That's fair enough. Helen. Made me want to watch Edge of Tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Helen. Most films make me want to watch Edge of Tomorrow, even if they don't have a time loop. Um, 3.5. Um, I don't think you need to be massively engaged in this. Um, yeah. So, yeah. No, yeah. I don't. It's good fun, but... I didn't... Some films, there's when there's a twist coming, I can I pick it off. I never I never try and find it. I was quite surprised you guys could pick that. I didn't... The candle. The candle. The, it was just... It was... Mm-hmm. No, I just yeah, thought... Was, do you know what I was thinking happened? during that scene? I was thinking... Petrol doesn't light on fire like that. No, it, that it, was the other problem with that. Yeah. Cars don't blow yeah. up like that. <laughs> it's a make-believe film. We, we, there's a suspension it did, of it did make me want to play computer games at that moment. <laughs> I was like, blowing cars up, let's get Just Cause 4 out. Uh, and, and I'm sure in real life, if you say to the arresting officer, so like, no, I am really high and drunk, they won't just be really friendly and gently cuff you and walk you. Gregory, you're not an extremely attractive woman. Yeah, I know. That's the problem with right. your theory. Uh, okay, gotcha. I'm going to go to 3.2. It's fine. Don't need to be... I won't be doing my taxes. Why did you it. choose 3.2 rather than 3.3? 3. 3. Uh, it just felt... You know, sometimes you go for your gut feeling. Yeah, of course. It's yeah. when you're at the voting... I love how sometimes. precise your gut is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, got, it's, that, it's that brain, it's that microbiome yeah. that I've been cultivating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 3.2. So that gives us an overall score of 3.57500. It's pretty decent, that. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is, is that it, pretty decent? Yeah, yeah. that's all right. Because it's small. If what you have, the way we work is we're set up for watching films on TV. So we've had good films, mm. ostensibly good films, by whichever medium you could, whichever metric you can use, like Roma, for example. But on a small screen, you're just like, oh, I just wish I'd seen it in the cinema. Have you ever had a film that everyone has gone five for everything? No, we haven't got straight five. No, the high score. Because you haven't made a film yet, Gregory. Boom. The highest scoring film so far is When Harry Met Sally, and that had a fair few fives. Really? But not fives. Oof. No, it's nice that you've got loads of people's parents on to review a film. <laughs> uh, so we did have a few. So we always go to Twitter before we record to yes. ask people. Um, 
to give their reviews. And in this case, we said we're reviewing Happy Death Day with Gregory Aikerman and Steve underscore X from Chaotic Adequate. See, that's how you plug your podcast. Thank you. Uh, Did um, have you too. seen it? Give us your thoughts for an on-air shout-out on FlixWatcher. And we had a few responses. Um, Greg, do you want to take the first one? Uh, from Movie Reviews in 20Q's podcast. Yes. A surprising amount of fun, buoyed by a good performance by Jessica Rother. Three and a half stars. This ties it with our overall score. Uh, Steve, do you want to take this one? Yeah, this is from Kevin Wheezy, who I respect the Wheezy part of their name because I'm an asthmatic and proud. Um, they say, four star, good watch, and the second one lives up, comma, entertaining to say the least, full stop. Fair enough. Um, and I just realised we're not following you. Just going to put a click there. <laughs> Good. It's all right. You so, also typed to my Twitter name so that it's not clickable. But so I'm like looking yeah, at this like, X, why? Uh, I, sorry, why yeah, I you're never not blued out. You're not blued out. Why I never seen it? Well, uh, guys, can you just uh, sign off by telling everyone where we can find you online quickly, and then we'll say goodbye. You can find me at Gregory underscore Ackerman uh, on the Twitters. And, oh, Instagram, I do Instagram, really, really loads, um, which is just at Gregory Aikerman. <laughs> and Steve? Uh, hello, you can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash stevecrosscomedy. You can find me on Twitter, Steve underscore X. I'm on Instagram, Steve Cross Photos. My website is scienceshowoff.org. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much for having us. Bye. Bye. Goodbye, friends. Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood R O K K Wood audio tell them flicks what you sent you you just heard a stripped media production 